Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I have my friend, partner, brother, Jared Yellen coming in today. I don't know if he's here yet. Um, I'll be looking for him. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go, we're going to really lean into some things today 
in regards to never giving up because we, Jared, myself, our teams, we're right in the trenches. We're right in the thick of things when it comes to doubt, uncertainty, feeling like, I mean, we, we, we don't give up by the way, but we put, but feeling like that feeling could creep in like, man, what in the heck are we doing? And so, you know, I want to share this with you. I want to kind of give you behind the scenes today of what it's like, but also I want to talk about a theme today of life is better on a blueprint. You know, blueprinted is our, our new platform that we put out. You guys have heard me talk about this before, but we're, you know, every, every day that goes by, we're making new improvements and advancements into it as we're launching this, this platform. It's exciting. It's new. It's innovative. It's going to change the way people achieve things. It's going to change the way people teach people how to achieve things because it's all based around action rather than consumption. And, you know, I'm really excited about getting this into the world. And once it takes off, um, it's going to be something that we're really, really proud of. And so we're coming up with this idea as we're going through this, like, you know, we're finding out that, man, life is better when you're on a blueprint. Now, I I don't believe that you should wait to take action before you know how to do things because then you would never get anything accomplished. But just think, what if you wanted to accomplish something and you could go to a platform and you could search and you could find reputable, credible experts and they showed you the exact steps and they actually put it on your calendar for you. Just imagine where you wake up Monday and you know exactly what you need to do that day. If you have a question, you hit the chat button and you can chat with that expert and ask them for clarification on a step. And then you knock that out and then you go to the next task and then, and then, and then the next milestone and the next milestone. And when you're done, you've built up a bunch of wins, a bunch of confidence. And at the end of the day, bang, you have what you need. Now I need to search and see real quick if, if Jared's in the room. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to put a different link at the top because we're running a challenge centered around life being better on a blueprint. And I want to invite you all. It's a free five day challenge coming up in a couple weeks. And I need to change the link to do that real quick. And while I do that, if anybody moderators, if you see Jared in the, uh, in the crowd, let's bring him up and let's get started. Okay. So um, I want to, sh- I want to share something with you in my life a couple times where there's Jared right there. Um, somebody can bring him up, help me out. Appreciate it. My life uh, has gone, you know, I talked about this yesterday while filling in for, for Glenn. Um, my life has not gone always what the way I thought it would go. And, and also not as easy as I thought it would go. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, unexpected happenings. And I think all of our lives to some extent go that route. But one thing I noticed when I was a kid, and I'll introduce Jared here in a minute, but one thing I, uh, I, I, uh, recognized as a kid was my grandfathers, my uncles, my dad, they always had blueprints laying around the house. Now, I don't know if any of you have been in construction or have family members that were in construction or grew up in a household that were, was in construction, contractors. But I noticed that these blueprints were always laying around in piles. My dad would have them laid out sometimes when he was talking on the phone. And back then the phone was hooked to the wall. And uh, I remember the phone would ring sometimes and he, he'd, he'd say, uh, yo, go answer that. See who that is. <laughs> I don't want to talk to that son of a gun. <laughs> so, so funny how we used to screen calls back in the day. But I, but I realized that, you know, when there was a lot of alcoholics, a lot of abuse, 
depression, anxiety throughout my family. One thing I noticed is that when there was order and when the things were in control, it was always centered around there's, there was a blueprint involved. And so this is the story of how we came up with blueprinted. Jared Yellen and I started talking about, you know, what do I do? Like he was asking me, what do you do? And I said, I coach people, I speak. He said, how can you infinitely scale that? And I said, I don't know. He said, tech. And I said, well, I'm not a tech person. He said, you don't have to be. I'm not a tech person either, but I have a tech platform that has over 40,000 paying users. And I'm like, wow. And he said, I've been through the, the ringer with this. I've been through developing a tech product, finding out that it was going to cost more than it ever. I, I think he said invested $2 million, right, Jared? And, and then he had to scrap the whole thing. And he'd been through the ringer with it, where, he, where, where people, most people would have given up. Most people would have ran out, ran out of money. And he pushed through and he became successful. I've been through that, he said. And why don't you come join me on this mission that we're on? to build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years and be one of our co-founders. I said, how about this? How about I be two of your co-founders? So I launched two tech companies with him and became a part of Project 10K, which is uh, gonna build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies, which we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about this vision that Jared has. We're gonna talk about the mission that we're on and, and also what we do day to day and the things that we go through day to day to give you a transparent look at what happens in this kind of thing because most people would turn and run with some of the things that we, we go through. So, and before I introduce Jared, one thing too, I gotta set the record straight. Somebody in the room yesterday, when I filled in for Glenn, somebody said that God said in the Bible that when you're going through hell, run. And I gotta set the record straight. It wasn't God that said that, it was Winston Churchill that said, when you're going through hell, keep going. And I think that fits the topic of the room today. And that person that said that yesterday was a guy named C-Rock. So <laughs> I just said with the first thing that came to my mind uh, yesterday. So I want to apologize and set the record straight. It was Winston Churchill that said that. I just want to add to that. Yesterday, Glenn asked, when you're in, in the midst of an adversity, the closer you are to that adversity, the darker the tunnel is, the less light, if any, shows up. And so the only thing I know to do in those circumstances, even when you don't feel like it, even when there's chaos and confusion, is to keep going. But my, I want to add to Winston Churchill, I want to say thrust is a must. You need to move fast because when you're going through hell, it burns, man. It burns. And so why do you want to just keep going? You got to go fast. So anyway, I digress. Jared Yellen, what ha what's happening, bud? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Hope everybody's having a wonderful morning. Excited to be here. Glenn, thank you for always uh, creating a great space for us to unite. Great intro. Let's dig in, man. I mean, this is this is a critical topic for for change makers. Those that's all of you that that make the commitment and have the discipline to show up every day and not talk about what needs to change, but execute on it. And when you're causing change, the likelihood of getting knocked down is guaranteed. And the key is how quickly you get back up. So let's dig in, man. Hey, Jared. Hey, Jared. You're you're a little echoey. Just a, I don't know if you can yeah, change something up. Yeah. Change, change okay. Things. All right. Cool. So, so, um, get back to the thing where I was talking about when I was growing up around family and my, my uncles and my dad and all that, the blueprints, right? So what I found in my life though, as I went forward is, is that I couldn't wait to figure out, like, I couldn't wait to move forward to find out how to do things, to get the exact steps. And so I, in my life would generally get what I wanted, not by being handed to me but through brute stubbornness. 
there's a word that I love, and you've heard me say this before if you've listened to me before. The word's inexorable. I-N-E-X-O-R-A-B-L-E. And inexorable means unyielding and unable to be stopped. And so what I found, Jared, when I was, I was just finishing up the Wharton School of How to Build a Unicorn course, because I wanted to make sure that I knew everything I needed to know based on if I were to go to college, right, for that. I dropped out of college with a 4.0, by the way. <laughs> but I wanted to know, I wanted to make sure all my insecurities as far as the know-how or know the structure, I wanted to make sure all that was in line. So I took this six-week course. I spent four to six hours every Saturday for the last six weeks. And what I found out was is that I did know a lot more than I thought I knew. I also found out that the ones that are successful, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. The ones that are successful are the ones that keep coming back for more. The ones that are inexorable. The ones that, you know, somebody tries to knock them down with a lawsuit when they didn't do anything wrong and they don't, they don't back down. They, they keep going. They have a mission that nobody's going to stop them. And, you know, I, I want to just remind everyone, Elon Musk had a PayPal situation where he was on vacation and got fired as the CEO. I don't know if you guys know that story. And look at him today, right? The successful people are the ones that keep coming back. But what they do is they lean into something. They try to achieve it. They learn as much as possible. They gather as much data as possible. They get burnt and then they pull back. And then they come back more uh, again, but they have more data this time. And this time they're more powerful and it starts to compound. And so what I learned with it from the, from the unicorn course, the Wharton School, was that the ones that are successful are the ones that keep coming back. They keep coming back. They keep coming back and they learn from the lessons. And so Jared, could you speak to this for yourself? Like, like in your career in tech and, and in entrepreneurship, you know, let, let us have it. Like what, what have you learned from keep coming back? Because you definitely had your share. So it, it's, the timing of this is so interesting. So I was talking with my mom last night and she said to me, I just feel like so much happens to you. And I said, it's so funny that that's your perspective from an outsider looking in as the insider. I feel like so much happens for me. She's like, how do you do that? Like, how do you see it as happening for you? And I said, for some reason, I was tagged in this lifetime to create change. And as a result of being tagged to create change, I'm also tagged to, to experience and fight through an extrovert when the adversity tries to prevent change because that will transpire. When you're causing change, when you're doing something that has never been done before, you're just living in uncharted territory. I cannot remember the last day that I woke up and didn't experience doubt. Like every day I wake up in doubt. Like my first emotional state is doubt. And for a long time, like I felt, I was like hard on myself about this. I'm like, why do I have so much doubt? And then about three months ago, I said, the reason I experience doubt is because I'm in the unknown. Like if you live a status quo life, you're following the herd. There's no reason to ever wake up in doubt. There's like someone ahead of you that's leading the charge. But when you're the one leading the charge and you're, 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 you're living outside of the boundary called your comfort zone, then the doubt is just reinforcement that you're onto something. And it's not like a semantic thing. It's a very real thing. But for me, like, like for my mom to be like, why did so many things happen to you? I get it, right? Like even at an early age, like when I was, I was in this program when I was, eight years old called Goal, which was Galaxy of Advanced Learning. And it was for kids that think outside the box. And the curriculum 
in that program, I found really boring. It was really sterile. We did the exact same thing every day. And we would go on the computers at the time and we would, we would play this, this like game called Amazing Animation. And I approached the teacher uh, or the head of this program and I said, can we change the curriculum? Like this, it's just like we do the same thing every day. Like let's, let's shake it up. And he goes, no, this is the curriculum. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to do something about it. So I went to the principal and I'm like, we got to change this curriculum. Like everybody in the class thinks this is terrible. This is really boring. Like we got to change the curriculum. And he goes, we're not changing the curriculum. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to cause change. So I went and got every single person in this program to sign a petition to cause the change. And I brought it to the principal. I said, everybody in the class wants to change the curriculum. Let's change the curriculum. He said, we're not changing the curriculum. And I said, cool. So I went into the library because uh, that was where the class took place um, at lunch that day. And I took amazing animation and I dragged it from the, where it was on the desktop into the trash and every single computer. And then I emptied the trash and I got in a lot of trouble for this because it was like this huge process to like, to reinstall these programs. I caused change. Like I caused change. I was committed to making something change and everything about my life has been that. Like I cause change. I do things that, that are, represent the unknown and on the surface, it looks like everything is stacked against me always, but I don't feel that way. I feel like everything is happening for me to get stronger, to then step into, like, for me, the next echelon of my life, but ultimately to cause an outcome for those that are going to benefit from the change that we're causing. So whether it's lawsuits, like frivolous lawsuits that, that happen all the time because dogs don't bark at parked cars. So like they're frivolous cases. You got to defend yourself. Like even if logically it makes sense to stop, step into the space of being illogical and unreasonable and go back to why are you even doing it in the first place? And what are you looking to cause? Like what are the benefits that you stand to cause? And then as a result of your drive and the benefit you stand to cause, you extrovert, you get louder, you get bolder. And as a result, you build new muscle. And then as a result, when those things happen in the future, things that might've been a slight setback are actually gonna be the catalyst to drive you forward because you know they're only happening to test you and to test your will. And you've already been there before. So you can then leverage that into producing more. But I have countless stories of, of where it makes so much more sense to stop than continue. And for me, I just always fought through those. And then as a result, got to the other side. And I can speak into more stories if you want to see rock. Yeah, you know, one thing, um, one thing I do want to throw out there on this is that like, when you talk about the lawsuit stuff, like we talked about this last night, and Ramon was mentioning this in regards to Mike Zeller's uh, list that they were going through, is paying attention to who's in your environment and who's around you, and who do you let into your room, right? Who do you let into your environment? This is a crucial thing where people make mistakes because this doesn't only cause destruction, chaos, and confusion in your life when you have the wrong people that are misaligned with your values around you, but it also does not provide you with the, the encouragement that you need. When you have a vision for those to support that vision, to root and cheer you on and encourage you. And also when you're going through tough times for those to elevate you and lift you up rather than relish in your, in your difficulties. Right? So what, what lessons have you learned uh, as on your journey here as well in regards to the environment that you keep? So I, this is like maybe the most valuable lesson that, that I learned the hard way. And now I'm, I don't negotiate against it. Every problem I've experienced in my life, and if you start to assess your life as well, is the result of letting the wrong person in. And in the beginning, you don't know what's right or wrong, so that's why it happens. But the key 
is that you start to develop a list of non-negotiable characteristics that must exist in another human being that you're willing to do anything with personally or professionally, because the wrong person that comes in is, will absolutely slow you down until it eventually speeds you up. So for me, that has been like a perpetual thing, like from business relationships to early personal relationships. When I got somebody in that doesn't align with what I value and where I'm headed, as a result, it becomes an anchor and it slows me down until I find a way to unbundle, unwind, and then I can excel forward. So I've become wildly intentional with this. And I'll give a great example. So I, um, I'm doing this really creative fundraising process for Project 10K. And as a result, I meet a ton of people that are interested in investing what we're doing because we're going to build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years. In our first year, we've co-founded almost 140 companies, which is actually more remarkable than 10,000 companies in the next 10 years because this is our year to, to, to build the plane as we were flying it and to figure out how do we scale our infrastructure in, in India and in other countries and what does our U.S. team look like and our Canadian team and and we figured it out. So as a result, we're now fundraising and a lot of people want to get involved. And as a result, I meet people and I have personal conversations with them because I want to know who they are, what drives them, what are their values, how do they treat their significant others? What are, what are, what are, if they have children, like what does the time look like with their children? Like I really want to get to know them because I've already learned that only the wrong person into your life is a surefire way for pain, suffering, resentment, slowdown, etc. And as I get to know these people, Every one of them wants to invest, but I won't accept their money unless their values are aligned. Not that my values are right and theirs are wrong, but there are certain values that I hold very firm. Integrity, commitment, loyalty, follow through. Like, in my opinion, like things that all of us should not negotiate against. And I ask questions to find out, like, who is this human being? Because if I'm going to let them into my home, which is Project 10K, I have to know that they're the right person. They're going to accelerate us forward because when you're doing anything big, which every one of you are, you're doing something to change up the game. You're climbing a mountain and what you need is people behind you pushing you up, not those in front of you trying to push you down. And the wrong person represents someone trying to push you down and they will slow you down. And that's often where people quit because they let one wrong person into their life. Define your non-negotiables. What is that for you? And never veer off of the non-negotiable because the moment you do, is the moment the wrong person enters your home, your life, and it will absolutely hold you back from where you want to go. And it makes it ex exceptionally more difficult, which is just unnecessary. Yeah, so the fox in the hen house, man. Never let the fox in the hen house. So uh, I just want to remind everyone, take a second here. We are in the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club. I have a link at the top. I'm your boy, C-Rock. Link at the top for a five-day monetize your knowledge challenge. Now, listen, there's a lot of smart people in this room. I think every single one of you in this room no matter whether, whether you recognize it or not, you all know how to do something. You know, you all know how like a step-by-step -step process to achieve an outcome, whether it's, you know, starting a podcast, whether it's, you know, how to pitch someone, whether you know how to uh, develop a personal brand for someone, maybe you know how to like host events, plan events. Maybe you are a relationship specialist. Maybe you're a mental health specialist. Maybe you're, you know, you, you know, uh, how to, I don't know, cook an awesome meal. At the end of the day, you know how to do something. And so what we want to do with this five-day challenge, it's an hour a day for five days. We're going to take you through how to extract the knowledge that you have and put it in a, a format that is one of the most innovative things that's happened in personal and professional development in the last 40 years, which is called a blueprint. So we're going to start to, we're going to from start to finish, create a blueprint with you 
to be able to put on the marketplace, to be able to impact people's lives with results and monetize. And that is happening, I believe the date is, uh, it's on the link, it's, um, it's uh, the week right before Memorial Day. So it's the week before, I think it's the May 20th but it's in the link. Go check that out. That's what I have at the top. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So, you know, uh, and one other thing before we go back to Jared, we're talking to Jared Yellen, who is the co-founder, I'm sorry, the founder of Project 10K and the co-founder of Blueprinted. I would like to ask everyone to share the room. It's 98 shares at the bottom. We have a square at the bottom with an arrow pointing up and it takes effort to do this. So I'm going to thank you ahead of time, but go ahead and hit that square. Let's get the shares out in this room as we plow through the next 40 minutes with awesome content to teach you how to not give up, why not to give up and how we're doing it currently with the big mission that we're on in tech. So if you can hit that, I see people banging it already. It's at 100. Let's get that up to 150. If you can help me out with that, I'd really appreciate the 150 is the target. And you know me, I love to hit targets. So help me out with that. Thank you. So Jared, let's go back for a second to the Project 10K and, and let's talk about the vision. Because one of the things I did learn about in, in, this, in this unicorn's classes is that in tech, and it's not really tech, it's any startups, you put a plan out, you put a plan out of place, a business plan, right? You put it out the way you think it's going to go. It doesn't have to be perfect. The whole point of a plan is to have direction to go. And you have a lot of gaps in that plan. You have a lot of things that are going to be replaced, reimagined, as you like to say. And then you, the thing about it is, is that you keep doing it. You put it out, you pull it back and change it a little bit, you put it back in again, and you do it over and over and over again. It's normal in a startup. And so... I would love for you to talk about the the vision that you had originally uh, with the, with the you know Project 10K, but now how you're reimagining it because I think it's amazing. I think there's people in this room right now that are going to want to be a part of this because what you're doing is going to impact the world, and there's a lot of people in this room that have the ability to to contribute to that mission. So, one of the things that I, I want like everybody like this moment to think about is like. What would you define, and let's just use business, it could be your life, I'm just saying business, it's like your greatest adversity. Like what was that moment where it felt like everything was about to implode? Because if that could be packaged and it could be used for you, not against you, that's your unicorn. Like, and I don't mean a billion dollar company necessarily, but that, that's your moonshot. If you could package your greatest adversity in your career, that is your greatest impact that you can cause because there's other people that are experiencing that adversity as well and they're stopping. So if you use that as your catalyst to propel you forward, you're gonna be pulling a lot of people with you and there's a real business opportunity there. So Project 10K came as a result of my greatest adversity in business. 11 years ago, I launched a company called Synduit and my vision for Synduit at that time was to build the simplest marketing software in the world, pre-populated with content across every major industry and then turn it into a SaaS platform, which is a software as a service, and then sell it to small business owners. And in my mind, this was genius. Like it's never been done before. Like think about like what ClickFunnels is today. This was even before ClickFunnels and it would have been easier, like easier than ClickFunnels, like really simple for the everyday John and Jane Doe small business owner. 
I just didn't know where to start. I had the money to start because I had a previous exit, but I didn't know where to go. Like I didn't have the relationships. I, I felt irresponsible throwing cash at this elusive concept. So I started by just leveraging my skill set, which is I can write marketing copy and I can sell. And in 14 months, that skill set turned into a very successful marketing agency. But really what it did was gave me the time to flush out this idea. I've done everything you can do wrong as a non-technical tech founder, but somehow landed on my feet and have scaled Sinduit now to over 40,000 paying users. But this was my greatest adversity in business because about probably about eight years ago now, I went out and hired a software development firm to build the first version of the platform that we have today. And this firm was based out of Boston, highly reputable, had a very strong team, a wonderful portfolio of working with Fortune 500 companies, building out their tech. And they told me it was going to take 10 months and $750,000 to build the first version. I was about 26 years old at the time, and I just went all in on it. I said, I, I believe in it. I'm going to fund it myself. And I did. I was writing a check for between fifty dollars to $100,000 every single month to offset the cost of what they were building. And at the end of 10 months, it was D-Day, which is Demo Day. And I'll never forget this. I was living in North New Jersey at the time. I told my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Lindsay, I said, our life changes today. I'm becoming a tech founder today. Got in the car and I made the four and a half hour drive to Boston. When I got to their office, they brought me to their beautiful conference room and they said, Jared, we have some good news for you. So I heard them say the word some, and I'm like, oh goodness, that's probably not a good thing. I'm like, well, show me what you got. So they put this demo together and the demo was amazing. It gave me the goosebumps when I was watching this. My entire vision is being brought to life right before my eyes. It's better than I even expected. I was so happy I hired this firm. And after two minutes and 11 seconds, they shut the video off. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? It's amazing. Like, show me, keep showing me more. And they said, well, that's actually the challenge. We miscalculated what it was going to take to finish. I said, what do you need? They said, we need a year and a half and $1.5 million on top of what I already invested. And in that moment, I became a statistic. I went over two years and $2 million into that version of the software to only realize I had to scrap it and start over. And every part of my logical mind said, just quit, go run the agency, <clears throat> you can sell. Like there's no reason for you as a non-technical tech founder to step into this sphere. There's no reason to go there. Like it's just too difficult. You don't have what it takes. And as much as my logical mind said that, my driving force, which is my gut said, I'm called to do this. I have to find a way through. And I committed and I just figured out the details as we went. And today, Sinduit is over 40,000 paying users. We're actually going to sell it this year. But my greatest adversity in business turned into my greatest opportunity for other people to not experience that adversity. A little less than two years ago, I felt called to do what I just did with Sinduit, but 10,000 more times by 2031. It became a moonshot. Moonshots are absolutely unreasonable. But when you're called to do something, which is your moonshot, whatever that might be, which is packaging your greatest adversity in business and then turning it into a solution for others so they don't experience your adversity, you just have to listen to it. You can't negotiate against it. You can't cut it in half. You can't go and talk with other people about it and see if they can talk you off the ledge. Like You just got to go with it. And that's what I did. And that's where Project 10K was born. With the moonshot to build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years. Here's what I want to make sure everybody realizes. You have to commit to the moonshot and figure out the details as you go. Because if I had to figure out every single detail to do what we're doing today and what we're going to do for the next 10 years, 
I would ever start. I'd start in 10 years because there's just a lot of details. So my commitment was I just have to outpace where we are and be one detail ahead at all times. I have to give myself the permission to change my mind whenever I see fit. Change your mind. Like change your mind. If something's not working, change your mind. Pivot it. Iterate it. But never give up. Hold firm on solving the greatest adversity in your life so that other people don't experience that pain. That's why I stand for what Mike's doing with Blueprint did. Because I don't know many people that have invested more money than Mike in his personal and professional development. I don't know many people. I mean, like, like six figures a year for years, like all in, events, coaches, seminars, masterminds, books, courses. And he's not the guy that buys these programs and then they become the treadmill on the corner of your basement that just accumulates dust. Like he buys it and he immerses himself in it, like all out. Like he talks about going all in, like butt deep. Like he is all in, in the programs he invests in. And for some reason, still doesn't produce the outcome he's looking for. And this was a conversation we had about a year ago. And I'm like, why do you think you're falling short when you're doing everything that the three hour video tells you to do? And Mike's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like, Mike, picture this for a moment. Picture this. Imagine you and your beautiful wife decide to bake a cake. And the only way that you can learn how to bake a cake is to watch a 60 minute video. And then you just gotta go and make the cake. Is there a chance that you're gonna forget an ingredient or do something in the wrong order? You're like, yeah, of course. Like, like that's, that's hard to do. Like, and I'm like, well, that's the problem, right? That's the problem. The personal and the professional development industry is just giving you an inordinate amount of content to review and then expecting you to figure out what to do with it. But the cooking industry doesn't do that. The cooking industry says these are the exact ingredients and the right amount of the ingredients. And this is the order that you're going to use those ingredients in to produce an outcome. And we just landed on Blueprinted. Because what Blueprinted does is it ends suffering, it ends pain, it ends waste, it ends frustration. And it creates a straight line for people to go from where they are to where they want to be based on learning from other people who package their greatest adversity into a blueprint so that other people don't have to experience that pain. And that's where I wanted to kind of loop this back to because blueprinted is just an example of a man that is committed to creating a solution that will ch literally change. I know this sounds hypey, but you're going to experience it. Like that's the coolest part about what Glenn is doing with this room is that Mike's able to document the journey of this napkin concept a year ago to now a cash flowing tech company today that's about to pop. And there's no reason why every one of you can't have a story like that. Whether it's a tech idea, whether it's a new service you wanna launch, package your greatest adversity, the moment when it made sense to quit, package that and turn it into a solution so that other people that are about to experience that adversity don't experience it because they purchase whatever that is that you offer. And for me, my greatest adversity is being a non-tech tech founder with a vision, being taken advantage of by a software development firm and committing that the technology industry will become safe because I'm going to create a solution to help other people just like me. Yeah. So Jared, with, when it comes to blueprinting, we, one of our core values and, and you know, all of you know about core values and, you know, we hire fire, we talk to our employees and teammates through the core values. Uh, one of the core values is radical transparency. And so as you guys all know, I'm raw and, and open and transparent anyway, but I wanna, I wanna share something with you regarding Blueprinted because we're right now raising money. We're doing a round. And in tech, you, do, you, do, you raise funds because you need to accelerate, you need to move faster. 
And so right now, the reason I'm telling you this is because we're doing this challenge at the top to help you extract your knowledge and put it in a, in a new format. Courses, they're dusty. They're old. They have their place, but at the end of the day, they're not getting the results. I'm tired of that. I want to get results. So we're raising money. We're raising $500,000 right now in a round um, for acceleration. But the point of this is, and by the way, if you want to learn how to come on that journey, you can just DM me. I'm not going to get into too much with that because I don't know the, you know, I, I want to make sure I don't get myself in trouble with fundraising stuff. So if you want to come along for the journey with Blueprint, just message me. Uh, but but with that being said, what I want to do is I want to let you know that it we're, we're about to go into acceleration. So the importance of this challenge is not just to get your knowledge extracted and put it in a shape of a blueprint, but it's also the important thing about this is, is that you're right in the time before we're going to explode. And as you know, when Clubhouse came out, everybody was on here for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Their, their spouses that didn't understand Clubhouse were getting mad at them, lighting them up. But the people were trying to grab real estate. And that real estate was followers, attention on Clubhouse. Same thing in Blueprinted. There's followers on Blueprinted. And there's also, when we go to acceleration, you could be one of the first people in there with your how-to blueprint, step-by-step -step guide. And, and it's in, you know, timing is everything. So we're going through this right now. If you're interested, let me know. But this challenge at the top, you want to get involved. Do not miss this. Uh, I promise you that we're going to bring like, you know, so much information to just pull information out of you that you don't even know you had. And what we're seeing, Jared, a lot of folks right now that we're working with, the creators that we have, as we're documenting their blueprints with them, their confidence level is shooting through the roof because they really never did this before. They never went through this process before and they never realized that they could actually duplicate what they did in the past. Some people have success and they think it's luck. You had a, a successful tech company, 40,000 paying users. I know it's run through your head like maybe, man, was that luck? Or did I really possibly have the steps it took to do that now? And so what these creators are doing, they're actually getting this confidence boost because they're saying, whoa, wait a minute. I can replicate that and I can scale too because I can teach other people and duplicate it. And so we're seeing these breakthroughs with these creators. They're like, whoa, I, I didn't realize that I have this kind of power and it is power. So can you speak to that too on, on, on your success, Jared? And, and if you felt lucky before and, uh, and, and realizing that you actually do have the steps and not, not that, uh, just that, but also to the point of getting in prior to acceleration. You know what's interesting? Like when you were saying that, like I don't think I've ever thought about luck, ever, like ever. I and I think this is actually important because to me, luck is out of my control. Like if like so, luck is like a cherry on top. So I don't even think about that. Like when when things become even better than I expected them, I guess that's the luck part. But I am so intentional about causing and creating my outcome. So it's never luck. It's a result of intentionality, giving myself the permission to change my mind whenever I want. Like I actually think that if, if our country gave itself permission to change its mind, almost every one of the current political challenges that exist would disappear. But we hold on because of ego, because we have a thesis, we don't want to look silly. We hold on to something that we know doesn't work for too long. We go deeper and deeper and deeper versus saying, I was wrong. I have more data. I'm changing my mind. I'm pivoting. So I don't, I don't contribute any of my success to luck. Maybe some of the, some of the, like the extra things that like, as a, as a result of all the momentum that I cause, cause I don't want to give anything a chance. I want to be really intentional in the steps that I take. 
And I encourage all of you as well. Like, because if you're waiting for luck, then you're waiting for something outside of yourself to produce. But we all have the capacity to produce. Like anyone that looks at like what Elon Musk is doing or any of the other iconic entrepreneurs that exist, like don't look at them as having anything different than you. Like they just committed to an outcome and they didn't stop until they got there. Everybody on, on the planet, I believe, has the ability to create a moonshot and then commit until it happens. But most people will just stop. They'll just say they had enough. And there's no shame in that. Like if they're self-aware and they truly have enough, whatever that means to them, then that's perfect. But if you feel like there's just something more, like there's something more, like you're reaching for more impact, you're motivated to do something that's never been done, then don't leave it up to luck. <clears throat> like, listen, like there's an element of Clubhouse that in theory was luck, right? Like if Clubhouse didn't launch during COVID, I don't believe it would have became what it is today. But the reality is the founders of Clubhouse were very intentional. They saw these and they executed really quickly, like really quickly. It wasn't like Clubhouse was like in development for like years leading up to COVID. Like the idea came as a result of COVID. They just executed fast. So in theory, they were lucky because of COVID because it just gave them this like immense catalytic effect. But they were the ones that caused it because they executed during a time that most people were saying, why is this happening to me? And what they said is, this is happening for me. So they committed. T-Rock's doing the same thing that Blueprint did. Like he's, he's committed because I can guarantee you right now, if you were to take out a piece of paper, every one of you on here and wrote down a number, which is the number, like the amount of money that you invested into your personal professional development, where you followed through, you took personal responsibility to do and complete whatever you paid for, but you still fell short and you added up all of that fall short. My gut is it's tens of thousands of dollars, if not even over a hundred thousand dollars. That's a perpetual challenge in the, in, in the industry. And C-Rock could have been like, yeah, that's cool. Like that's, that's a problem for somebody else to solve. But he didn't. He's like, I'm gonna cause and create this future. I'm taking 100% responsibility to up-level the personal and professional development industry. Imagine if every person who decided to invest in themselves had the exact steps to follow to produce an outcome. Every person. Do you believe they would produce the outcome with a greater chance of success than having it like up to chance that they happen to catch that one step in a 60 minute or two hour video. And what would that do in the world? Like what would it do for their, their children? Like what would it look like if parents were committing to an outcome and their children were watching their parents go through a process and they produce the outcome? C-Rock could have just complained. He could have been like, oh, this is just what the industry is. It's just, this is what's normal. That's what a lot of people do. They just say, this is what's normal. Like this is the status quo. If you're here right now, it's because you don't want to do the status quo. Like you want to create a new status quo. Don't leave it up for chance. Don't leave it up for luck. Just take massive seismic action. There's three steps that I've learned as a result of me kind of like reverse engineering what I've done over the past 18 months with Project 10K that every one of you can do. And these are the three things that I realized. This is like the mini blueprint. <coughs> so what I call getting attention. Because if you're going to want to produce a significant outcome, you're going to need to produce attention. Like you're gonna need a lot of eyeballs on you. Eyeballs holding you accountable to what you say you're gonna do. Eyeballs on you for people that wanna support you because you absolutely cannot do it alone. Eyeballs on you for people that are gonna to wanna to buy whatever you're offering. And eyeballs on you for the naysayers that are gonna to try to slow you down that are actually gonna motivate you to get louder. So you just need attention. 
So the first step is you must declare your moonshot. So for me, build, scale, sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years. I become synonymous with that now because I declared it. And when I declare it, it's unwavering certainty. The number of people who roll their eyes, who question me, who are cynical, skeptical, telling me that it's impossible, no one's even done 100, let alone 10,000, was overwhelming, the number. And every time that's the response I get when I say it, I get more certain because I realize they, they don't have the ability to step into the space that I'm taking it. So I'm going to let them watch me as I go there. It motivates me even more. Declare your moonshot. The second step is you take what I call maniac action, like maniac action, which means if anyone's watching you, they think that you're absolutely crazy, but you also must be onto something. So what does maniac action look like? It looks like never second guessing yourself. I believe that the average person doesn't just second guess themselves. They 19 guess themselves like 19 times. They're like analyzing and thinking and debating and asking for other people's advice. And for me, like my competitive advantage is that I, ne- I don't even second guess myself. So as they think about doing something 19 times, I've already taken 19 actions. So even if every single action flopped, I'm still leaps and bounds ahead of them because of what I've learned, what I've gained, like what I, what I can extract, like what I can pivot, what I can change my mind. And I'm in motion, right? And a body in motion tends to stay in motion. So you take maniac action. The third thing is you must talk about what you're doing incessantly as if it's already happened. So I talk about what we're doing incessantly. Like I'll have a new idea. Like for example, one of the initiatives we're deploying for Project 10K is we're opening up 1,000 Project 10K tech hubs in 1,000 cities around the world, physical locations. We're going to employ teams to be in those locations. It will become the mecca of early stage tech in these 1,000 cities. It will become the epicenter. It will bring our infrastructure to cities that have no infrastructure. So that was an idea a few months ago. So what did I do? I started talking about it as if it already was here. I started talking about it with everyone from individual entrepreneurs to private equity firms to icons in the in, in a tech space, like legends in the tech space, and most people roll their eyes, but a few said, it got my attention. How can I help you? And when you do those three steps, you declare the moonshot, you take maniac action, and you, um, you um, sorry, my, my, my phone was ringing. So you declare the moonshot, you take maniac action, and then you talk about what you're doing incessantly. You get eyeballs, and you want as many eyeballs as possible right now. I don't care if you label yourself as introvert, extrovert, or whatever you want to be. You want as much attention as possible. It'll hold you accountable. It'll get supporters. It'll get buyers. And it'll get naysayers. And all four of those things are immensely supportive of the moonshot you're going to cause. No perverts, though. Yeah, no that, perverts. That's a bird that we have. don't want any of. <laughs> I left that one for you. You're going to go. Uh, all right. Well, look, so, so guys, I hope you're loving this. Uh, Jared, I get to talk to Jared every day. You know, you know, when I find someone that I like and I line with and I want to do some big things with, you know, I do whatever I got to do to get around them. And, you know, this is a guy that's 10 years my junior. Right. Aren't you 30? Yeah. Yeah. You're 10 years younger than me. Uh, and, and look, he's like a mentor to me, but also I'm a mentor to him. And, and I, not, not to blow my own horn here. OK, this is not the point of this, just so I'm clear. But, Jared, before we I'm, I'm going to like uh, take the last 10 or 15 minutes for questions and engagement. But. I want you to speak to the how important it is as you're going through this to have somebody like me or anybody else that you use 
to be able to um, diffuse, um, I, I say throw up on, but just kind of like, you know, get it all out, right? And then also run run ideas by, and some people that that are just going to tell you like it is and not like like not buy your BS, right? How important is that for you? And uh, and for, I want other people to realize this to, to find somebody like this in their lives. I want to share a story to answer this. So, probably about ten years ago, I was in the house of this very successful entrepreneur. Um, I don't know if any of you remember the, the retail store called Dave and Barry's. Um, but Dave and Barry's was on major college campuses, like Michigan, Indiana University, like major college campuses had a Dave and Barry's. And Dave and Barry's was the place you go to get the memorabilia for the school. And there was 365 locations. So I was in Barry's house. He lived in Long Island, a very successful entrepreneur. He actually had a huge exit. The company eventually went out of business, but it was after his exit. And we were talking and he said to me, um, I, have I had 365 stores when I sold Dave and Barry's. And what I've learned is that if you own one retail store, there will be at least, there'll be one moment a year where you're like, oh crap. Like it's like an oh crap moment. Like something went really wrong, but it's once a year and, and you solve it and then you just keep on keeping on. When you have 365, every day there's going to be one of those because every one of those individual stores is going to have that oh crap moment. And as a result, it helped build muscle. It helped build stamina. It helped him take those oh crap moments as like a little, little blip in the road versus like, it's over. And it was an interesting concept for me. Fast forward to what I'm doing today, right? We have almost 140 companies at this point in one year. And for any of you that have a co-founder, I can guarantee that at least once a year, your co-founder comes to you in confidence with a situation in their life that's just beyond business. It's a personal thing. It's a health thing. It's an insecurity thing. Like there's something that they're coming to you for, like something. And as their co-founder, as their partner, as their best friend, as their as their, like, whatever role you define yourself as in their life, like, you help them navigate it. Why the 140 people that think about me that way? So as a result, it's almost like every other day, I have someone that's in our ecosystem coming to me as their co-founder with something that they need resolution for. We also, in the beginning, we weren't as clear on what we defined as our non-negotiables. The non-negotiable characteristics of a founder, of an idea, of a market we want to enter into, and in addition to that, a business model that was required. Like we, didn't, we weren't as clear as we are today. We were building the plane as we were flying it. Remember, commit and figure out the details later. If I had to figure out all those details on the front end, then I would never have started. So I just committed. So we, we had, like I violated the rule that I told you, which is like never let somebody into your home, into your life, that doesn't align with your values. Well, I had many people in the beginning of this journey because I wasn't even clear on what that meant. So I had people enter in. What that led to is disputes, frivolous lawsuits. Like the point of the story is this. There's a lot of, I consider it positive chaos in my world because I'm doing something that's never been done before. I didn't have a blueprint to build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies in the next 10 years. We're going to build it as we're doing it so that other people can then go after their moonshot as well. Um, but I didn't have that in the beginning. So as a result, there are often, I mean, like I would say daily, there are situations that take place for me that feel like the last chapter in our story. And then Mike helps me realize that at most, it's a comma in the entire evolution of what we're doing. And I can't express enough how critical it is for you to have a C-Rock in your life. Because what the C-Rock helps you do 
is realize that in the moment, what feels like the end is actually the beginning, the beginning of the next chapter of the next sentence. And they just help you see through that individual circumstance. So that's what everybody needs. If they're going after their big and they're bold and they're ambitious, you need someone who's not going to let you get stuck in, in a story that isn't the story. And instead it helps you realize that, like I said, what you define as your last chapter at most is a comma, if it even makes the book, even though in the moment it feels like the end. And that's what CROC has done for me. And every one of you need that. Every one of you need a CROC in your life to help you not take the circumstances of that moment so seriously and just stay true to what you committed to doing. Yeah, look, remember, one of the things I remind Jared all the time is he chose this journey. Like where, where we are right now, what you're going through right now, what you're experiencing, what you have, the people around, it's all based on decisions you've made in the past. And you have to take responsibility for that. And so one of the things in my life is I chose when I had a good life. I have a successful mortgage company, 30 to 50 employees, depending on the time of the year or the time of the cycle of real estate. And I had a good life, man. I live on the water in Ocean City, Maryland, the beach. I mean, my family's happy, healthy, and I had a good life. But I, I, I had this itch inside of me to go for great. Like I, I, I can do good, but like if I was put here with more, God gave me more. Why, why am I not using it? So I decided to go for great. Jared decided to go for great. Many of you in this room have decided to go for great, but then you'll complain about what comes along with it. So that's one of the things I remind Jared. Now, some of you are sitting in good and some of you are just trying to get the good, but, but I wanted to share this with you. I wanted to share some transparency with you today of what we go through. And I hope it's been impactful for you. I hope it's inspired you. Maybe it's discouraged you and that's okay too. Come join the challenge with us. Come join the challenge. The link's at the top. It's free. There's no excuse not to do it. It's an hour a day for five days. You get to hang out with me and my team, which is, uh, you know, invaluable if I do say so myself. And uh, I want you to do that. So I'm going to keep coming back and putting this link at the top. Let's open it up for questions or takeaways or thoughts with the last 10 minutes that we have before my man, the Super Bowl champion, Tyrone Poole, comes in. Anybody, come off mute, just fire away. Okay, let's go, wake it up. Is anybody awake? <laughs> hey, good morning, C-Rock and the panel. Go. It only takes one, it only takes one. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to actually, this is Liquid. I'm going to join the five-day um, Your Knowledge Challenge. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to do that. And um, also, too, did you get an opportunity to read my book I sent you? Yes, I absolutely did. Thank you. I thought that was awesome the way you formatted it too. Okay. Well, thank you, Sima. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Right. Thank you for sending me that book. If anybody else wants to send me a book, you can send me a book. I love to read. So uh, I'm an animal when it comes to reading. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Liquid. And thank you for being You're here. You're welcome. Today. Who else like to, who else would like to chime in? Thoughts, questions, anything about Blueprinted or about Project 10K, which is you know, man, I'm telling you, if if you could be a part of this this journey, this ecosystem, it'll change your life. Hey, C Rockets, Tamara, how you doing? What's brother? up, Tamara? I have a question for you. How is Blueprint like correlated to something, or not correlated, but maybe differentiated from like Mind Valley or some of the hubs that are created with coaches? Yeah, so Blueprint is designed to get people to take action. So one of the things, the main differentiator is step-by-step -step processes to achieve something. Instead of consumption, long videos, it's very short videos, 
with action tasks under milestones. And it actually has a feature where you can integrate it with your calendar. So you pick a day you want to start, what days you're going to work on it, and then it'll actually integrate into your calendar so that you can just work off your calendar and achieve something. And then what we want, yeah, and what we want to do is we want to design it so that each day it's bite-sized pieces that people are getting quick wins to build confidence so they don't quit. And then also the creator can see their, their students, their customers, whatever you want to call them, how they're advancing. And if they get hung up on a step, on a task, they can chime in. Maybe they can do an Instagram live to explain that, te- that, that step because a lot of people get hung up on it. Or maybe they reach out to that person. Uh, but we want to, at the end of the day, we're taking 100% responsibility to get results. It's unacceptable, unacceptable uh, and inexcusable to not get results and have people not finishing courses and, and purchasing things and not getting results. So I hope I answered your question. No, a thousand percent. I think that's one of the saddest thing with a lot of people who are doing courses because everyone else is doing courses, but either people aren't coming to them because they don't know the marketing side of things or they're not completing them. And so they're not really getting the results from a testimonial perspective that they would hope. And also the transformation isn't occurring. So I think having a hub where you're actually doing all of that marketing for them would really save a lot of headaches on behalf of the new entrepreneur who's starting businesses or somebody who just has a side business who's really hoping to get a mission and a message out there. I'd love to connect about a couple of conferences I have coming up who would be your total target audience for this in the coming months. Well, let's go. Let's collaborate. That's what we're looking for. I'll and also, you. also Tamara, like, uh, yeah, shoot me a message. But also, I love feedback. We need feedback. Early stage tech needs feedback. And we're, our ears are wide open. And uh, Jared and I have some big ears. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> like, we, you can really see my ears because I don't have hair. Okay, but, I'd love to test it out for you. That's awesome. Yeah, and we want We want that from people. And also, you know, one of the other things that I was thinking about with Blueprinted is we want to hold people's hands. In a, in a way that it's not one-on-one because you can't scale that. But what we're doing is we're actually building blueprints, step-by-step guides on how to build your blueprint and then how to market it, how to get it out to the people. And of course, we have a marketplace as well where people will be able to put their blueprint and we can drive traffic to that as well. Um, this isn't easy though, by the way, just so everybody knows, like this platform that we built has two sides to it. It has a creator studio, which makes it simple to build a blueprint. Uh, I saw Seth, the chief, chief of product, he, uh, we call him chief winners. Uh, he, he, he whipped a blueprint up in about 10 or 15 minutes the other day in our creator studio. So that's one side and the marketplace is the other side. And when you're doing tech and you have two sides, it's like two different tech companies or two different tech products. And so we're, we're, we're leaning into this because it's the mission's important. It's going to take more effort, but we're going to need help as well. We can't do it ourselves. And that's why I'm asking the community to really come in and benefit from it as well. So Jared, did you have anything to speak to speak to that? Okay, I'll take that as a no. All right, thank you, Tamara. I'm looking forward to connecting. Go ahead, Jerry. Sorry, I'm stuck Go on ahead, you. Um, yeah, listen, so like, what just happened is why it's so important to talk about everything that you're doing. Because C-Rock is now talking about his moonshot. Tamara's hearing this. She's like, wow, like, there's a, that's a great question about how is this different than a Mind Valley? Like, Mind Valley will eventually build their programs on Blueprinted. Is it just a more optimal way for people to get results versus just sitting and watching up a really, really, really long video and trying to figure out what to do. And I think my Valley and vision are amazing. It's just a more optimal way for people to follow through, but look what just transpired, right? So great question followed up by I have events that you need to be at. It's your ideal audience. That's a direct result of declaring a moonshot, taking maniac action and talking about what you're doing incessantly because people want to support 
big ambitious outcomes and support might not always look like support like support might be naysayers i look at a naysayer as support because i know that behind every one naysayer is at least ten thousand raving fans i made up the number maybe it's a hundred thousand for you but most people stop at the naysayer so they never get a chance to benefit from the ten thousand raving fans behind them every naysayer to me is motivation to get even louder and bolder. It's my responsibility to help them see what we're doing in their time. That's cool, but it's my responsibility to get really loud. And that's a perfect example of it. So great job. Yeah, Dr. Claudine, I saw you in the chat over there. You're, you're right, there's a lot of fluff. When people make courses and build courses, they put a lot of fluff in it because they think for the price that they're gonna offer that they have to have a whole lot of content, a whole lot of video, long video. And I got to tell you, when somebody tells me they got 40 or 50 hours worth of content in their core, I don't want to watch. I, I, tell me how to get it faster. I want the result as fast as possible. I want it as quickly as possible. Get rid of all the fluff. That's what Blueprinted does. And so you're 100% right in that in the chat there. All right, who else? We got a few more minutes before my man Tyrone Poole. Anyone else? Comments, thoughts, questions? With that being said, I want to remind everyone we have the challenge at the top. Before Tyrone comes on, hit that challenge. Sign up. It's in a couple weeks. And I will tell you this Friday, I am speaking in Vegas at the Risk On conference. It's an entrepreneur Bitcoin conference. I'm sure the topic is uh, we're, they're going to be chatting about why Bitcoin's crashing um, and what, what to do about that and whether to hold, sell, buy more. They're going to be talking about that in the, in, the, in the future of that. But I'm going there to talk about blueprinted life is better on a blueprint and going from good to great and i cannot wait if you're in vegas come see me hit me up let me know love to meet you and also there is a virtual version um virtual access to this risk on if you want that just dm me i'll send you the link for that and jared any closing words yeah listen i want to first off thank you for being here <clears throat> showing up the first step but i hope and i pray I encourage and I challenge you to execute on something that you heard today. Like something, just something, do it like immediately. Like it's 8.58 Eastern Standard Time. Like 901, use something based on today. It's going to embed whatever that key principle was into your life. And as a result, it's going to create momentum. And as all of us know, momentum builds on momentum. So as much as today, hopefully it was really enjoyable and inspiring, like get into that motion, like immediately. Like it could be like, I learned a lesson, I'm recording a 60 second video for a reel. That's perfect. That's embedding the principle into your life. So you know, I thank you for what you're doing, man. It's an honor to call you a dear friend and a partner. Uh, and Glenn, thank you for creating this space for change makers to come together and to produce change in the world. Right, all right. I hope you guys enjoyed that with Jared. I'll bring him back in a month or so and uh, share more with you. And we love, by the way, in a week, of tech is like a year in normal uh, life. So we'll have a lot, to share, a lot to share. The tech products, next time I wanna bring them back, I wanna talk about some of the tech products we have from you know, helping people, families that have children on the spectrum with Meerkat Village to you know, real estate tech, we have FinTech, we have relationship tech, we have, we have all kinds. It's amazing what I'm seeing. We have a co-founder that's 11 years old that created a tech that helps you with uh, Legos um, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm excited to share more with you with that. And, uh, with that being said, thank you, Glenn Lundy for allowing us to come on here each Tuesday, be a part of this wonderful family. And I love all of you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. Go get some wins and until next week, be unstoppable. 
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.